Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 146 of Death Readers, a podcast where Rob and I read books for the first time. In this episode of Death Readers, we are going to begin our march to Mordor. The the we're we're beginning the Tolkien saga, and we're we're our beginning of the saga begins before the Hobbit, but is also not the Cimmerillion. We are reading the Children of Hurin. Or Hurin, I think is how it's pronounced. We're reading The Children of Hurin by J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, this episode, we're going to be covering the preface through chapter four. So, let's begin. Oh. <laughs> Did you have yeah. any housekeeping or anything you'd like to say? Uh, no, nothing yet. We can get there, I'm sure. All right, then let's jump into the preface or the preface. No. No? No. No what? I want to go before that. Okay, I didn't read anything before that, so you tell me what you want to read before the part that actually starts the book. Because um... there's not much before it. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. You're right, Rob. I actually have something I'd like to start with before we do that. Okay. Being that we are reading a new book, we have the edition edition to do. I wasn't even thinking about that, but yes. The oh my edition God, edition. Horrible. It's how we do our show. It's, it's how, how we start we every show. show. It's, it's never something we can ever forget, <laughs> um, and we certainly won't start now. I'll just, I'll just go first. I believe that I am reading oh, – first off, I'm reading a paperback copy oh. that I, I probably got from Goodwill or something like that. It says that it's a 2010 Delray Mass Market Edition, which oh, is very interesting. Uh, it's reprinted by special arrangement with the Houghton Mifflin Harcourt Publishing Company. I believe it's Houghton Mifflin. It is the – Nine. You told me. Okay, so how I read this is whatever. How many numbers there are? It's the number after the last number printed, right? Uh, I. That's <laughs> kind of sounds like what I said. Well, my book has numbers one through nine, which I, I'm which pretty I, sure means this is the tenth. I think that's what you told me. I honestly don't remember how it works. I know this it's is. Weird. You were my only source. You I know. I know. It was, and I, I was a lot closer to working at Borders at the time. Um, I'm not that guy anymore. The guy you were like seemingly months ago when we start. Okay, um, it was years ago. Thank you, Rob. Anyone who's been doing a podcast for years and still isn't massively famous <laughs> is this a, has changed me, man. It's a horrific is a horrific loser. So if we <laughs> have only been doing this for months, then we aren't we we are saved from our own scrutiny. I'm so, not scrutinizing, so I'm good. I'm insisting way. we've done okay. this for months. Okay. Anyway, I think that's it. Doesn't say anything else special. I don't think about this edition. It just yeah. says all those things that I already said. Rob, what's your edition? I got it from um, digital. Yeah, uh, Libby, and was because I use Libby in conjunction with my Kindle. Was able to send it to my Kindle, and then turn off or turn on airplane mode. So even when the uh, Digital hold is up. I should still be able to continue reading it. Whoa. Criminal. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm old school. Pre, uh, pre-commandments, that's me. Wow. And uh, that's what I read. But I, it is interesting because after this book, I should be text all the way. So we'll wow. Proper Fascinating. It's proper physical stupid. paper. Jesus. Um <laughs> I didn't read, you know what is interesting? I probably should have read some of these, like, and maybe this is where you were going, some of these, like, notes where people are saying nice things about the book. Oh, no, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just the okay. title page. All right, well, that, uh, what's your edition is just Libby. Okay, so what, what, what did you want to say? I want to talk about the, I'm guessing, Elvish version of the title, Narn Ichin Hurin. Uh, I don't see that anywhere, so. Oh, you don't? See a page that looks like this? No. Oh, wait, yeah, I do. Okay. Okay, and? Okay, well, my first note is, for fuck's sake, I got as far as the first word of the first title page, and I'm already down a rabbit hole. Oh, great. Let's go. I saw Narn Ichin. Don't you mean a hobbit hole? I do. You see, Rob, a hobbit hole is not like another hole in the ground full of mud and and muck and disgusting stuff. No? No, a hobbit hole is 
warm and oh. clean. Actually, I have a, a small uh, segment I would like to read describing explicitly what a hobbit hole is. Um, okay. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I, unless you want me to do it. No, unless I you don't. Want me to, to just I don't. Jump I thought, right I thought it occurred to me, and of course there is already massive, massive, massive... Uh, Not a nasty, dirty, wet hole filled with the ends of worms and an oozy smell, nor yet a dry, bare, sandy hole with nothing in it to sit down on or eat it. It was a hobbit hole, and that means comfort. So, Rob, please tell me how you found comfort in the information you just discovered. A thought occurred to me, and I looked it up. I Googled it. But I believe user Koran Eden said it better on the TolkienForum.com. To say things short, I was thinking about Tolkien's Elvish language this morning and noticed that the word for legends in Sindarin is Narn. But Narn seems to also be the root for Narnia. I know Tolkien and Lewis were great friends and that Tolkien used lots of Norse roots to build at least both Quinya and Sindarin, which leads me to think there probably exists a common origin in these two phrases. No one had anything uh, concrete to offer, but it, it, it had occurred to me, and there was the rabbit hole I descended down. Narn and Narnia. Because I saw that Narn-I, and I thought Narn-E, Narn-E-Ah. Whoa. Like Legend of? Yeah. Or Land of Legends. Right. A Time of Legends. Time yeah. Bandits. Terry Gilliam. It's all coming together, man. Four foot one. <laughs> That is a long time. <laughs> Call and response. <laughs> um, yes. Um, all right. That uh, I, I tell you what. I feel like I had seen that and thought something similar, but didn't have the gumption to follow it through. So good on you. Cheers. All right. Wow. If you would like now to proceed, we may. I'm actually going to go back one page further than you. What? On the page in my copy that is precedes the title page, there's a list here called Works by J.R.R. Tolkien. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea which of these or how many of these are related to the Lord of the Rings series, but like... Give me the list because I don't have this list. Oh, it's a long one. Okay, here we go. Oh, really? Okay. The Hobbit. That's related to the Lord of the Rings series. Leaf by Niggle. I don't know, actually. It sounds like it, though, right? Hopefully. Otherwise, it's in, it's in, it's in poor taste. Uh, on, Not necessarily. On fairy stories. Hmm. With an E the, or a Y, or how is that spelled? F-A-I-R-Y. Huh, okay. The Homecoming of Beorth North. <laughs> yeah. The, the Lord of the Rings. I, that's also related, I can, I can attest. The Adventures of Tom Bombadil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Road Goes Ever On with Donald Swan. Is that one of those? It's just like the songs of Tolkien collected. I have no idea what any of these are. It's like Sessions Presents. I have no idea. Smith of Wooten Major and Farmer Giles of Ham. Works published posthumously. <laughs> Sir Gawain and the Green Knight Pearl and Sir Orfeo. The Father Christmas Letters. Now those I would love to read. Father Christmas, though, is a character in Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Right. So. uh, Are you familiar with the Father Christmas letters? I've never read them. Do you know what they are? Mm, No. So here's my brief understanding and why they're so cool. At least I would actually be legitimately interested in reading them. As far as I understand, they are letters that Tolkien wrote to his children as Father Christmas. And what he would do in these letters is he would depict these great battles that Santa Claus would have in the North Pole against like invading armies and involves like his best friend and uh, battle partner, a talking polar bear, like a magical talking polar bear or something like that. And they're, they're just these extravagant like fan fictions about Santa Claus (laughs) that are violent and, and, and crazy that he wrote for his kids at Christmas time. So like every year he'd give his kids a new letter from father Christmas and build upon this mythos Mythology. of that character. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and then I think what happened after when he, after he died is his kids were like, we should publish these. <laughs> we should get all these together and put them in a book and then just really capitalize on that. So there you go. That's what they are. Uh, the Cimmerillion, 
Pictures by J.R.R. Tolkien, Unfinished Tales. Uh, after that, it's pretty much just like the histories of Middle Earth and a handful of other stories that I, on like Mr. Bliss and Finn and Hengist. I don't know if these are related to, you know, the Lord of the Rings or not, but it's uh, a whole lot of stuff in there. Did you have anything else you want to talk about before we got to the preface? I don't believe I do. Let me double check my notes. No. That Let's just get right into the preface. Do you say preface or preface? I say preface because it sounds slightly preface. more egotist. Or it gives me an ego boost to say. What, what, what am I? Pretentious. Ooh, the pretension. Yes. Um, okay. Preface. So... It sounds like that's what happens before a book. I read the preface. But the preface, well. That was some good Forrest Gump. <laughs> the preface. Hmm. Christopher Tolkien explores the origins of the Children of Hurin, it being one of the longer unfinished works of his father, J.R.R. Tolkien. Christopher emphasizes this book is for those diehard Lord of the Rings obsessives who remember the two or three times characters from this book were mentioned in the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings trilogy. His intention in publishing this book was to provide a less annotated version of his father's stories that wouldn't rely on embellishing the backstories of people in places having very little to do with the narrative at hand. Nevertheless, there is an extensive appendix. Mm-hmm. My only note here is that I do find it funny that the the preface isn't easing us into the first chapter, but rather another introduction to the book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Arguably, the whole book feels like... Uh... So well, the whole Appendices. this whole section. No, I understand. <laughs> uh, my only note on the preface, um, I have it in quotes, so I'm assuming this is actually verbatim. But in the quote, it says, "I have included a list of all names occurring in the text, with very concise indications concerning each, and simplified genealogies." To which I respond, "This is like a completely different level of reading fiction." Cool. Uh, you know what, Doug? This seems like a good time to talk about this. All do right. You remember the, do you remember the other day we were chatting about reading books and reading maybe hard-to-read books? And I floated the idea that sometimes I read books aloud when I'm having a hard time. Yeah, right. Yeah. I read this entire fucking thing aloud. Oh, no. What a condemnation. It's not a condemnation of anything except perhaps me. <laughs> I think that remains to be seen. We'll see. Well, okay, do you have any other thing, anything else? In, okay, well, let's get to the introduction. Uh, the introduction of the Children of Hurin is used to establish the recent history. Whoa, 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 What? What section are we in? This is the introduction. And known as? And known as? Middle Earth in the Elder Days. Oh, yeah, there you go. Sorry about that, bud. Okay, now you can go. The introduction in the Children of Hurin is used to establish the recent history of the world around the time Turin is born. Or Turin. It's just Turin. These, I'm going to get this right. Good luck. Relationships between Turin's ancestors, their accomplishments, and the names of the cities they founded and lived are reviewed as a contextual bedrock moving forward. I cannot say much of it stuck with me or was even helpful. I mean, they only give the genealogy in every fucking sentence. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> the, uh, I have here, I have a note, I have a couple notes in this, in the introduction. Okay. The first is that in this, in the first paragraph, I assumed we were talking about Tolkien's childhood with his mother, Morwen, and after he endured Morgoth breaking in, Tolkien talks weird, Morgoth breaks, like, the borders of Angbad and whatever, also, uh, how can a person be sanguine? Is he saying that Turin's youth was bloody and fun? Brits are weird. So that's like three notes in one. But basically, there was a there was a there was a pronoun trouble at one point where the he was. I was confused because I thought the introduction was talking about Tolkien, and then it was mm-hmm. like, no, we're actually still talking about Turin. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, and then he Turin's described as being sanguine. I think, uh, which. I, again, I think he. I think it just means he was violent, or he was covered in blood. Hmm. It, it's just a very weird word to use to it, describe a person. It is. I mean, I got some notes here, I guess. Okay. 
well, this is some thick reading. I'm glad for the foundation. This is my probably my most positive note in this area before I really get into it. I, I Not that I'm getting into the notes, but just this, this is early enough in the introduction where I was still trying to be positive, is I guess what ah, I'm trying to say. Yes, 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 yes. Well, this is some thick reading. I'm glad for the foundation we're building now before we get to Lord of the Rings. I think it might help my A's not glaze over when Aragorn, Aragorn starts in with his stories. Mm. Okay. Um, I get that people used to slip their genealogy into basic conversation, but I'm glad we really don't do that anymore. <laughs> uh... Oh, it should be noted that this Huron character is a dude. Not a place or a religious order. Yes, children of Hurin. I thought it was. I thought it was like children of a place called Hurin, or oh, interesting of the of the religious brotherhood Hurin, but it's not Hurin. How, how how do you say it? Who H O O Hurin? Yeah, Doctor uh, Hurin. I def look. I didn't take notes on it, but I read the pronunciation chapter. <laughs> oh, I definitely read it. <laughs> and and that was one of my hard takeaways was. It's not like H-E-W, which is how I would interpret it being pronounced with that umlaut or whatever you call that uh-huh. accented U. Instead, uh-huh. it is H-O-O. Not Hurin, which I think sounds way cooler, but it's Hurin, like a like Hurin. an owl. Hurin and Turin. And Balon. And Bumba. And <laughs> Buffin. And Keely and Feely. <laughs> Dwallin' and ballin'. Ugh, fucking Christ. Okay, I have another note. If you have no note, or if you have another note, you can take a note. I do have a I, My only note here, my last note in this section is, it's, this introduction is really spoilery. There's moments in it where it is citing pages in the book we haven't read yet. Yes. And, and saying, remember when this happened in page 169? I'm like, of course not. I'm in the introduction. Why would I have why would I have record of this? This, <laughs> this book encourages uh rereading, even though its content is not. Um so so I learned sort of prematurely, not not because we, we actually get to those pages in this in this section. We do, but, we do, we do. But this part where uh, I thought I actually thought it was really cool that Morgoth's curse of Hurin and his family is essentially just a curse of depression. Mm-hmm. Like he's just like saying, "Your family, I'm cursing you. You will now have clinical depression. <laughs> they they will all be bummed out. Bad stuff will happen to them. They won't enjoy life. They ever they will have bad luck whenever they find people who are friendly to them. They will ruin it and they won't know why." And, and I was the, like, that is such a badass curse. It is a badass curse, but the British love to pass the buck on depression, don't they? Do they? Well, Tolkien has Morgoth, and J.K. Rowling had the Dementors. Dementors? Yeah. There's like, uh, it's not my fault, it's evil spirits. Well, it must be a pretty, like, boggy, shitty aisle they live on, I guess. Like, I mean, I that shit's delightful to me, but fine, whatever, I guess. You, well, hey, let me tell you, you live in a boggy, shitty place, too, so That's true, I enjoy do. it. It's like home. <laughs> um, you have more notes. Go to your more notes in this section. All right. This is, my, this is my note. This shit is almost impenetrable to me. Dry descriptions of places that are adjacent to other places I don't know, and brief mentions of something historical that happened in people who lived there that are all like this, except a few exceptions that are like that, and here is their brief history traveling to this land from that land that is adjacent to other places I don't know, and repeat. Yes. That is a great way to describe this entire section. How, and, and I, and, and I want to say that it is both, you're, you're spot on, and it's a, it's a warranted criticism, also, he did say this book is for the diehards. <laughs> he did. He did. And I will say this book is everything I fear, at least this early part, was everything I feared the Silmarillion would be. Mm. And yet, spoiler alert, by chapter four, I was either falling into it or the book opened up and breathed a little bit and I didn't feel as bad. You you are a hundred. I had the exact same experience. I had the exact like word for word getting through the first chapter and the introduction and the preface preface and the, uh, and the pronunciation stuff. I was like, Oh fuck, this is a nightmare. Like I was like, this is, ex- <laughs> this is exactly what I didn't want. Yeah. To, which we were trying to avoid. And then by chapter four, I was like, 
oh my god and she she why she wouldn't want to risk riding because she was pregnant but like but then the elves come back why didn't she go with them then like all all like i was like i was in it and like i i'm like okay maybe we got through you know the swamps of sadness right. and we can we can push forward into the book that's actually a narrative and might actually be good or at least coherent yeah somehow we made it through so Next note. These fucking footnotes. I don't know <laughs> how it happens in a print co- in your print copy. Oh, you have footnotes. Um, I don't have footnotes at all. What footnotes are you talking about? Oh shit. Um. Okay. Let's let's find it because I'm jealous was... if you have footnotes. No. Well. Okay. I, I will tell you what I had because I could be wrong. Just give me a few minutes. Oh God. You and the hours turned to days, and the days to months, Professor and the Snape? months to decades. That's my best Galadriel. Oh, this sounded very Rickman. Okay, here's one. I, I, let me see how many how many how many thumb presses did I have to press to get to it? So for, in the introduction, I go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's saying page nineteen. I don't know if that's correct or not but the paragraph in question is he walked also among the great pine trees on the highland of dorthonian land this of is, pines this is about uh tree beard's youth yes do you but you see it um do you have it um yes i have it here it's on my it's okay. on my page 21 but so in the sentence that ends, when Morgoth turned it into a region of dread and dark enchantment and wandering despair, I have a little plus mark, or a little yeah. cross shape. Sure. Mo- what, does okay. that, what does that lead to for you? For me, it says, parentheses, P152. Mother, that's what that was? It was just jumping it. That's what you're talking about, where it jumps ahead. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, this book was so much harder for me to read. So I would hit that, thinking it was a footnote. And my Kindle would think for fucking ever because it's really old. And I get this footnote that pops up. It's just a section of the book later. Well, it's a page within a page. And it has this little line here that goes all the way down. And I read that entire fucking thing. Oh, no, Rob. Thinking that was a footnote. I think you read many, many parts of this book ahead of time. So that was, okay. So that was very, very hard for me because I was just like, what? The fuck am I in the middle of this other thing? And it wasn't until later, like you said, in chapter three and four, when I'm like, I've already read this. What the fuck's happening? That sucks. It, it no, actually, I'm going to argue it doesn't. It was hard, and it was it was a sucky experience. But hopefully, when I get to it, I'll be like, oh, this is familiar. Yeah, I'm not beating my head against the rocks because I kind of have an idea of what's happening. <laughs> so great. All right, so yes, my reaction was, these fucking footnotes, I don't know how it happens in a print copy, but every time I hit a hope, uh, footnote, it opens up a window on my Kindle where it seems to be an entirely new book I have to scroll through pages of. <laughs> um, no, that that's fair, uh, and and that was what I was describing, and I was like, it's so weird that they tell you to, that this stuff, are, it's talking about stuff that hasn't happened yet, but it's mm-hmm. treating it like it does. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was describing, is those okay. where I was, I, I could tell exactly what it was on mine, like, P152, I was like, I know what that means. It's telling me in page 152, this is happening, and this this is what he's contextualizing. But I holy shit, do I not want to P152. read that? It could have highlight, you know, hyperlink. Yeah, I've got would have been fine, but why did you, why didn't it just say that? Yep, right here, uh, P61, P40, which are all pages we read through in this section. So you would have hit both of those twice. Right. All right, here's my next Yeah, yeah this, one, this specific one. Oh, sorry. The Sons of Feanor wandered as leaves before the wind and i, I read that i was like okay and then when i got to page 61 and i read that i thought is this just what i, I, I did he say this twice <laughs> and it's yeah. like no it was repeated in the preface right or in right, the introduction right. anyway um go ahead uh next note you know it's easier to read the dialogue aloud if i use bad anime voices oh because the sentences are kind of run on and that's you know early 80s yeah. shitty overdub kind of way yeah it made it a little it was a fun little game for me no, I do that sometimes. We talked about this. Um, next note: Do they want people not to read this? <laughs> uh, next note: Every single time someone is named, and I'm about to say, "Who is that again?" They give me a mini genealogy, and it helps me not at all. I, okay, so this is sort of a. I'm gonna. This is an addendum to your note just there. Please. 
once we actually got into the actual book out of the introduction and the and the uh, the preface, mm-hmm. I found it really helpful to do this. It would say something like. Broda made thralls of the Strawheads, as he named the people of Hador, and set them to build a wooden hall in the land of uh, to the northward of Hurin's house. And within st- a stockade, his slaves were herded like cattle in uh, in a byre. I think that's how you say that word. But ill-guarded. I think it's actually beer, but oh, go ahead. In a beer. I could Bo- be wrong. Broda has been named one moment in the pr- for the first time in the chapter in the paragraph before. But in a way that's so weird and kind of antiquated that, like, it basically says that there is a there is an eastward an Easterling who takes control over Hurin's land and takes a wife, and then and it's describing all the things this Easterler is doing, and then it says, for it was this Broda who had seized the people, the goods, and the cattle of Hurin's homelands and carried them off to his own dwellings. But because of the nature of Tolkien. Mm-hmm. By the way, this is already cutting into chapter like four. That's what yep, this is yep, from. Yep, and I, yep. and it, it, I'm actually um, remembering it, so I'm very excited. The, the The problem with Tolkien's writing is that things like the word Broda are, are so contextually out of place in the real world that, like, it's hard. Like you were saying about Hurin, it's hard to know if I'm talking about a person, a place, a religion, mm-hmm. a idea, um, a- anything uh, like like a magic. This is for people who are already familiar with everything. It, it certainly seems like it, but this is what I did. Okay. I said, this word Brodo's come up twice. I wonder if it's in the appendices. And so I go back, and I look, and sure enough, right there, Broda, an Easterling of Hithlum after the uh, Nernieth Erniodad. And I go, oh, he's the Easterling. Gotcha. Okay, Broda is the guy who had come in and taken control. It's it, it's a name. It, it was all this thing was being like, okay, okay, just clarifying. It's a name. I go back and context makes more sense. I will move forward. So this so, book is actively built for a proper paper book and a digital one's doing me a disservice because I can't flip. Yep. Okay. Okay. Because I was very easy. It's very easy for me to go, nah, 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 nah. bang, got it. And I did that a lot. Like, that's um, great. Eventually, I I... there. Are... Go ahead. Sorry, man. Um, no, it's my fault. Well, there, there's, there's other moments like specifically about like um, the when tu- Turin goes to visit Thingol, where it's like there, there's a lot of names going on. I'm like Thingol. Who's he related to again? He's not. He's not the elf Turin f- f- visits and lives with for a year, right? That's somebody else. And like having to go back and like looking and being like. Uh, Where's that? Right. Gondolin, the hidden city of King Turgon. Turgon's Turgon's the elf king that Hurin visits in his youth for a year with his brother. And and then they have to swear secrecy about. So he's not sending, or Turin's not being sent to Turgon. He's being sent to Thingol. And like, (laughs) like, here's the thing. I, I know what I'm talking. I I know I'm, I understand this. I'm following it a little bit. Sure. Um, Sure. The I'm appendices, you, but I feel they're little. The appendices is essential to my understanding. I'm going to see if I can maybe get that book from the library because that might that might be good. Because you're like Gandalf, uh, digging through the Lord of the Rings, going back and forth, flipping through shit. Right. And I'm like, that clearly is the way to read this. I mean, here I'll sh- like it, it's 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 not like no 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 I got you yeah it, it's it's not massive but like it's it's like like Fingolfin, second son of Finway. The leader of the Noldor, High King of the Noldor, dwelling in Hithlum, father of Fingor and Turgon. So again, like remembering that. So when you hear Fingolfin, he's Turgon's son. Or he's Turgon's father. Turgon, the, the king of the hidden city of Gondolin. Gondolin. No. Gondolin. Yeah, Gondolin. yeah you're right. It's Gondolin. Of Gondolin. Not Gondolin. Which sounds way too much like Gondor and um, other elf words. Gondolin, which is the place that Hurin visits in his youth, so <laughs> you can track something as simple as like it, it. I think the trick is for Tolkien. I think he saw these things in pictures. Mm-hmm. I think he saw. I think he visualized the family tree as he was describing these things. So that's why he could be like, "Yes, uh, Fingolfin, the father of Tur uh, of of Turg Turgon." I forget. Fuck. Uh, Turgon, yeah, Turgon. 
um, the, the self-doubt is like, is it Turon or Turgon? Because right. who fucking knows? But Fingolfin, Turon, housed uh, Hurin and his, bu- and his brother, whose name I don't remember. It starts with an H. It's it's like Hayor or something like right, that. Right. Um, yeah, it's Huor. Uh, H-U-O-R. Uh, Hurin's brother, father of Tuor, father of Idorin, slain in the Battle of Unnumbered Tears. Right. Totally. I know that. But like... <laughs> but like... <laughs> It's it's weird how like it is very much like reading a textbook, but I'm t- I, I sincerely encourage you to take that trip to the library, find a physical copy because or or a secondary digital copy that you can also look at it in easily, um, because it's very helpful mm-hmm. um, to to just be like right that's who they are. I'm not thinking of someone else. Like more than anything, it's like I'm not misconstruing this with like. Who was the king that Hurin dismisses from the Battle of Unnumbered Tears so that the the line of kingdom can continue or whatever? Like, I forget that character's name, but I'm sure we'll come up with it again. Anyway, so, yes, please go get that. It's 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 very, very helpful for me. um, And I, I would I understand how it could be really helpful for you. All right. What's next? Just general confusion. Uh, I do not remember why we're reading this preface and how it is different from what's to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Turin asked him, what is fate? And I'm all, shut up, Turin. <laughs> <laughs> That's this reaction. Just for reaction. Oh, yeah, that's it. Okay, we can move on. Okay, to... moving on to the pronunciation guide. First note, only note. Why the hell wasn't this at the start? <laughs> um, my My only note is... I will follow this as best I can without committing myself to an errorless standard. I'm, I will make all the fucking errors. So, yeah. Um, uh, the pronunciation guide is pretty, pretty fucking boring, but it, it's also somewhat confusing. Like I said, uh, there's certain words that I feel like are like a ignore mm-hmm. is uh, the a E thing is as, as an ignore and, Nern eighth is a combination of the individual vowels a and e, but may be pronounced in the same way as ai, which this says is pronounced like i. Mm-hmm. So it should be ignore nurnaith. Fucking okay, fine. Or you could have just written his name was Larry, or like, like I get I get the nerdery of Tolkien and his like no I have to do it this way because that's what gets me off <laughs> like like in order for him to have in order for Christopher to exi- Christopher to exist Tolkien had to make this nonsense language because he couldn't finish otherwise you're okay go ahead and so I get that but also what's wrong with spelling fantasy names phonetically fucker okay here's here's the thing. <laughs> Before we even get to phonetics, my kid blew my mind the other day when she dropped a little bit of Tolkien knowledge that I had never even heard of. And that is, for example, Frodo's name is not Frodo. In the Tolkien madness, that's a translation of whatever his name really fucking is. Awesome. And if that's the case, I'm going back to why couldn't he have just written Larry? Yeah, yeah. If 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 you came up with, like, like, his high whatever language they spoke in middle earth and it was i've i've changed it to frodo fuck you it could have been bob <laughs> um so you know yeah no tolkien super history nerd me not super history nerd so or also language nerd like he's he's yes, deep like that's yep, that's yep. more than anything is like oh you can't pronounce this thing cuz it's so weird and i and <laughs> i love welsh <laughs> Who doesn't love Welsh? I love the Welsh. Please make everything Welsh. Um. Anyway, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. and and then you know, fair because they gave us cool names like Gwyn. I know, dude. I'm sure Wales is a magical place, but like, it, uh, the Welsh it, accent too. It's like one of those like where I'm just like, I I could never. What what is happening? Yeah, it's 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 musical to listen to, but like the way really complex jazz is, I'm like, oh, uh, okay, if you say so. 
let's just go let's go to wales let's just let's go, go to wales let's go to wales let's figure it out um yeah. all right that's all i have for that can we, are you ready to move into the actual book yeah i feel like we're an hour not into a lot of episode. notes anymore after this point oh great because <laughs> this is where my notes start great uh, all right let's here we go welcome to death readers um in <laughs> okay. chapter one which is called the childhood of turin we learn Hurin spent a year learning elvish ways in secret before returning to his people. His children, Turin and Urwin, would suffer a great blight called Death's Breath that brought plague and death to their lands. Urin dies of the plague, and Turin gets real sad about it. On Turin's birthday, his father gifts him an elvish knife. The boy re-gifts the beautiful blade to his crippled friend and woodworker, Sador. Hurin raises, praises his son's generosity before leading his men to war beyond the hills. Do you have any notes? Because I've got notes. Um, just this note of hope where I talked myself into thinking this feels old fashionedy, but so far not as bad as the almost biblical writing of the preface. Oh yeah, there was a lot of my, my com. I said a note to a, another friend about it. it was like, holy shit, there's so much begatting here. Yes, I am. Like this is why I couldn't read the fucking Bible because when you start with Genesis, it's just this. Yeah, it's just the. That's how I. That's how I felt about um, the Iliad. Yeah. When I hit chapter two and it's just all the ships in the fucking war. And I'm just like, oh, God, I don't care. Right. I'm dumping out. Anything else? Nope. All right, here we go. Uh, on my page 35, uh, are Thorondor's eagles the same eagles Gandalf calls so frequently? Probably. I mean, it just makes me wonder, are there more than one race of giant eagles? or Do we know of- these ones are giant or do they just his eagles? I had a strong suspicion that they were giant. Sure. Um, and I, I, that was mine, too. I was, wasn't sure if it, if it said. I don't remember. Fair enough. Um, all right. Next note. I think my biggest complaint about this, how this book begins is how we learn about the history and genealogy of these characters is so impersonal. There's no real story here. It's mm-hmm. a page of bullet points for people with goofy names. Yes. And who were their goofy named children. Experiencing their relationships through a narrative would be easier to remember. For example, like Drist and Mushi. Like, we don't get one page that says Drist found a blind kung fu master in the w- woods named. He had another name. It's like a Spanish name, but his, but right. his other name was Mushi. His nickname was Mushi. Period. Moving on. And then Drist killed somebody else. It, it's like we had a half a book, it felt like, walking right. through, like, the years or seasons that Dritz spent with this guy learning his, like, kung fu and, like... And their personal thoughts and motivations, and it made it uh, personal to us. Yes. And so that becomes, like, okay, I know who that character... If you mention that word to me, I know what that character means, and I have a reference for... Yeah, and didn't they, like... They lived in, like, a, a swampy underhill kind of place, and there was this bear that lived in the wo- in the in the caves ahead of them, and they would he was sort of friendly with the bear, and then eventually a bunch of, like, goblins and ogres or whatever came to fight them, and they fought them off together, and it seemed really, like, the, the odds were stacked against them, but they made it out, and then Mushi died, and then, like, I remember all of that. Uh-huh. Like, I didn't, and I gotta say, I know we talked about it at the time, but when you said Mushi just now, uh, the image that came to mind was Snarf. <laughs> that's because of my bit um yeah no i know <laughs> that's all i remembered about mushi i'm like oh snarf right <laughs> that yeah, was you the know most... how 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 dritz had a weird little like like furry companion named mushi yep. and he would always talk like snarf because that's <laughs> that's what happened in the dritz book right everyone we all know this <laughs> mush mush uh, mushi doesn't need that today uh upset tum tum for mushi <laughs> yes yeah exactly. that, everyone everyone knows that character yep. <laughs> the classic r.a salvatore character mushi <laughs> by way of toei animation um, okay so um but that's I, I still think it's a good reference point is like no, it is it is we we, we remember even if you didn't remember it and i explained to you i remembered that mm-hmm. be, because of how those characters related eventually we get a little bit more of that in these chapters but like that's my beef with those other things like i i know that the guy's dead already and he didn't write all his shit out all like he didn't write everything right but um but it feels a little frustrating for him to included as much as he did of shit that is as poorly 
constructed as it is. My la- and, and I hope that this is the last time we even talk about this. But my overall note here is, okay, let's hope we've stalled the history lessons for a while. So, let's move on to chapter two. The Battle of Unnumbered Tears. Chapter 2 summarizes the Battle of Unnumbered Tears, wherein many heroes died. Hurin persuaded Turgon of House Fingolfin, brother of Fingor, founder and king of Gondolin, to flee. Turgon retreats and Hurin is taken captive by Gothmog, lord of the Balrogs, and and bound uh, Hurin for delivery to Morgoth. So we haven't talked about it yet, but uh, briefly... um, Morgoth is the big bad of the Lord of the Rings. Morgoth is uh, like Sauron's hero. He, mm. he, he's he's the guy who Sauron serves, I think. Mm. So if you if you have that reference, that's basically he's the Salazar Slytherin. Yes, he's the old big bad. Right. That's about as much as I know about him as a character. I I don't even know honestly if he's human or what. I know he's technically uh, he's not. I know I know this much. He's technically one of the Valor, I think, which is the same kind of uh, earthly former angels as Gandalf, I think. I and think I thought that was right about the the Valor. Or let's see if Valor's in my appendix. Let's see if Morgoth's in your appendix. Oh, excuse me. Oh, okay, so there's a couple of things. Valar, the powers in quotes, those great spirits that entered the world at the beginning of time. I think Morgoth is a Valar, and I think that so are the wizards. Uh, the wizards. But honestly, I don't know. Also, Valinor is the land of the Valar in the west beyond the Great Sea, which I thought was the land where the elves came from, but I don't know. There, that's a whole different thing. That's That's about... The, the restructuring of Arda, I believe. Okay. And how it became... Ar- and Arda li- is the planet we live on. Right, and that's how it went from being a flat Earth to a round Earth. Right. And then only the elves afterwards could access the secret flat Earth. Of Classic. Of Valinar, I think. Illuminati. <laughs> Deep state. <laughs> ah, here we go. Morgoth, the great rebellious Vala... So I think that means the same Lucifer. thing. Yeah, the great rebellious Vala, fallen angel. Uh, I added that part. In his origin, the mightiest of the powers called the enemy, the Dark Lord, the Black King, Boglier. So yeah, I think the Vala is, I think, again, sort of short for Valar. Just to clarify that, he's essentially, he's a fallen angel, he's Lucifer. He's he's not really, because again, Tolkien was extremely specific, as far as I remember, about not being Christian-based like right. at all. But I think he just hated analogy in that sense. I, I think he just hated how much his buddy leaned into it. <laughs> Jesus, CS, we get it. You yeah. like Christ. Move on. But I'll say this in 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 CS Lewis's defense. I I can pronounce Aslan. <laughs> That's well, okay. super easy. To be fair, we have not got to the one children children's book that Tolkien wrote yet. I feel like it'll be easier to pronounce shit than that. The Hobbit? Yeah. Okay. Yes, Buffor is 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 pretty easy to pronounce. It basically all just sounds babies make. <coughs> hey, I need 12 dwarf names. All right, here we go. Just put a baby in a corner and give it some sugar and see what it spits <laughs> out. <laughs> Write it all down. More and and, and uh Gothmog Again, I'm not really quite sure if if Gothmog being the lord of Balrogs is a Balrog himself. Right. Or is somehow like the uh, the Rancor trainer in That's Return exactly of the Jedi? That's exactly who I was going for. That's um, amazing. That's exactly who I was imagining he, you were going to talk he, about. He, he could be that. Who knows? Yeah. That's that's where we are. That 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 chapter still a lot of begatting in this battle, and this person fought this person, and this person went here, and that place is related to this place. There's still a lot of that, mm-hmm. like f- fleshing out a map in words. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's basically it. Did you have any notes in that chapter? Um, the only note I have is premature. Oh, goodness. And the book answers it itself. And it's the most obvious answer I could have thought of. I just wasn't thinking. So, because I was being still a little snarky. And that is how is it this book is called and keeps making references to the children of Hurin if the girl dies in the first chapter? Shouldn't it be called ah. the lone child of Hurin? And fucking duh. What's the one way that could be answered, dummy? 
uh, is later answered. So <laughs> right, right. That's on me. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. Who yeah. knows what what adventures lay ahead? Right. Um, Fair enough. All right. I don't have any notes in this chapter. I thought the summary was pretty much it. I will say this contextually. I'm I was excited to hear. Oh, cool. Instead of just killing Hurin, they are going to take him to Morgoth. And like, and that's, and I was like, oh yeah, that's where that curse comes from. Anyway, yeah. again, the, the, don't, if you're going to like, look, we've already done it, but don't read the introduction to this book. It mm-hmm. actually, it's, it's pretty spoilery. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's like a summary of everything that's to come. Yeah. It's, it's a bit of a, un, I don't know. I just think it wasn't done very well. All right. Moving on to chapter three. Uh, the words of Hurin and Morgoth. Morgoth and Hurin exchange verbal barbs, but in the end, Morgoth curses Hurin's family with depression, bad luck, and misery. Then Morgoth magically binds Hurin to a stone chair overlooking the realm of men, where he can witness with Morgoth's eyes and ears the suffering of his people until Morgoth decides to end the torment. My note, my only note here is, okay, this is finally kind of fun. I'm excited for more action like this. This felt like, so far, the closest thing I felt like we would we got to to a... 80s sword and sorcery adventure film sequence where you know the father of the hero is captured by the dark villain Mm -hmm. taken to his lair and tortured right did you have anything about this not a note nope all right cool that's pretty much it i i just dug it i thought it was it was like yes this is the this is this is rad let's keep going also i like the idea of like there's a really fun creativeness in tolkien's ideas about things like i really like the the idea of that curse i mentioned this earlier but i really like the idea of it's not like oh you're cursed with feebleness or old age or sickness which like we get later with uh theoden but like with with this one he's like no i'm actually gonna curse your your family with something they probably wouldn't even think is a curse i'm just gonna like it's something that everybody experiences it's all kind of normal and and dismissive like dismissible rather but they're gonna be stricken with like mental illness, essentially like Mm -hmm. the inability to feel joy or experience happiness anymore. was like, fuck, that's a rough one. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) it's like, I'm not going to like, 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 you know, when they, like uh, when Wesley's like, uh, I'm going to cut your legs off and your eyes, but I'll leave your ears. Right. Right. To the pain. Like that's brutal and intense, but there's a, there's a, like, it feels almost more sinister to be like, no, no, you're just your family. I'm not going to hurt them physically. I'm just going to make them like he says that the last thing he says about his curse is something like I'm going to make them long for death and hate life or something like that. Like, like something where is I'll read it to you. Cause it's, it's really, yeah, fucked up. I don't, I don't, I did. This was context that was lost on me. So please. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Look, I'm just going to read it to you. Cause it's so fucking badass. Do it. The shadow of my purpose lies upon Arda. And all that is in my in it bends slowly and surely to my will. But upon all whom you love, my thought shall weigh as a cloud of doom. And it shall bring them down into darkness and despair. Wherever they go, evil shall arise. Whenever they speak, their words shall bring ill counsel. Whatsoever they do shall turn against them. They shall die without hope, cursing. Both life and death. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I I have not seen, like, a description of what it means, to, what it feels to be fucking depressed. Right. More than that. Like, right. that, it was like that's it. Like, and, and, like, even the shit, like, we talked about with Rowling and her, and the Dementors. Like, this is, this one really summed it up for me. I was like, yeah, that's that feeling. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that feeling of, like, I don't want to die but I hate being alive. <laughs> and like, like, what do you do with that? Like, and right. it's like, Oh fuck. Like I can, I really feel for this family. Cause it's like, yeah. What do you get? When you talk to people about that, what are they going to say? Yeah. Everybody goes through rough times. Okay. Sure. Maybe i also could just be cursed. <laughs> like <laughs> I could be cursed with sadness. Um, anyway, it's fucking badass, And I really dug it. And then that mixed with the whole, like, and for you, Hurin, I'm going to bind you to this chair and you're just going to have to endure as long as I feel necessary and witness the chaos and witness the trauma and the death and the misery that I inflict upon the world. And you're going to have the best fucking seat in the house. 
buckle up because you're in stasis, baby. <laughs> All right, moving on. Chapter four. The departure of Turin. Morwen sends young Turin to live with the elf lord Thingol and escape the enslavement of the Easter kings, or excuse me, Easterlings and Morgoth's army. Turin reluctantly makes the journey and becomes Thingol's foster son. Thingol sends messengers to Morwen who implore her to return with them to Thingol and her son. She refuses. She's depressed and poor and with a new baby. She sends the messengers back with a gift, the Helm of Hador, a.k.a. the Dragon Helm of the North, a magic helmet that protects the wearer from harm and strikes fear in the hearts of their enemies. Thingol gifts the helmet back to Turin. I, my note here, I'll, 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 I have a note here, it's the only one I have really, is uh, I would think to call Morwen stupid for not accompanying the messengers back to Thingol's kingdom, but when I remember Morgoth's curse of depression and bad luck, I understand she's destined for misery. But she doesn't know that yet. She doesn't know that, but it helps explain. It's, it's a really clever way of being like, look, you can say what a dumb decision this character makes. Oh, but remember, I see, I see, they're I see, cursed yeah. to make bad decisions. Right. Um, my only note was misdirected and full of faux intellectualism. Oh, great. But I'll go ahead and throw it out anyway. The opening of the chapter, all the women who learn of their husbands who died in the Battle of Unnumbered Tears die. Uh, because they're so heartbroken. Yeah. And I'm like, Jesus, if none of them read uh, Kate Chopin's story of an hour? <laughs> um, and I will go on to tell you that that's a story written in the late 1800s. It's like mm-hmm. one page long about a woman who learns that her husband died at, like, you know, the job. And is heartbroken at first, but then she suddenly started dwelling on it, you know, alone in her room where everyone's talking in hushed voices downstairs. It's like, holy shit, I'm free now. And then, oh, her husband comes home. It was all a mistake, and he is alive after all, and she dies of a heart attack, so she it does end up dying anyway. <laughs> oh, super sad. Um, so I was, I, I, was, I, will I was wrong. S- I will say this about their dying. Mm. I It occurred to me while reading those, oh, this is lame because they're just dying of heartbreak. How boring. And then it right. occurred to me, what if they aren't? What if they're actually like, what if Tolkien's not saying what he's trying to say mm-hmm. which is these people killed themselves like what if these people committed suicide out of depression and out of sadness which but technically he... would be a broken heart right but oh, they okay. wouldn't be like they just laid down and died yeah it it's not like... it's not red fern yes yes which is it's, where we it... all go <laughs> right but he's because he, he maybe he doesn't feel like he can say that sure maybe he doesn't feel like he can say uh, they dashed themselves we... in the cliffs uh, you right. know out of, okay. out of sadness no, or, that's or, a really like, good that's a really good point and and so I tr- like I'm not trying to do that thing where you know I bring too much into the story from outside, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it it felt like I can accept that more than the tragic sort of you know f- fantasy like oh and then I just I my broken heart it killed me sure no that's a really good point thank you I do think it, it, I I had another note that was like not not really a note but another thought about like man. Hurin's dumb for not taking that magic helmet. And they kind of explain like he, he always felt like he wanted to see his victims or whatever, his, his vanquished foes uh, with his own eyes or whatever. And then I was like, yeah, but like, how dumb is it not to take an impenetrable like dragon helm with you to make it so you never die or you can't get hurt. And then I was like, well, he, but clearly he didn't even need it. Like he, he still isn't dead. He still isn't struck down by blades of any kind. And, and it's it is a cool like, it, and if he did take it with him, it'd be like it'd be like if uh, Aragorn wore the One Ring into battle with with Sauron. It'd sure. be like what if he dies, then the enemy gets the gets it, which is not what you want. I think they talk about that at, like the Council of Elrond or something like that. But also, um, this family is you know got a shitty history with uh, keeping gear because the kid oh, gave yeah? away the knife. As as yeah, he got it. Like that. What that was that was fucking weird. Was it? I liked it. Yeah, because I'm like, he's got that gift from his dad, which clearly means something. And he's like, fuck you, old man. I'm giving it away. I didn't see it as a fuck you. I mean, he does give it away. I know it wasn't fuck you. I know that. (laughs) I just, but I just, I would have been, I don't know. I I, I couldn't get behind that one. That one seemed too British or old fashioned or something for me to understand. I I liked it because it felt like, okay, uh, contextually, you're talking about a child whose sister just died, and he has no, he doesn't have any friends, or... Uh, no, he gave the knife away before his sister died, I thought. 
Mm-mm. No? Nope. Fair enough. Fair enough. You're right. Um, no, because his si- sister died when he was really young. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's lost his sister. He's His parents aren't really super connected to him. His father is about to go off to war, and he kind of knows that. And his mom, you know, you can tell, I think, is... I think their relationship's a lot more contentious than is super clear in this book. I was getting she, that too. She she's the one who is like questioning him or harshly about the knife. Right. And then she sends him away and doesn't come back to him. And he's clearly a child in need. And it just feels very selfish or right. like weird to have a parent not okay. want those things. Mm-hmm. So like, I think this kid's got, he basically got a pretty troubled home and he has one crippled friend who's an old man who actually answers his question. Like when he, when he, when he asks his mom about what's a thrall and she's like, shut up, you don't need to know. Hopefully you'd never learn. And then he goes to his buddy immediately. He's like, what's a thrall? And the guy's like, Oh yeah, this is what it is. It's a, you know, a basically a slave. That's also, you know, a little bitch. Well, um, it's, it's like a slave, but also sometimes used to describe like a zombies, like, like the mindless slave who like classic voodoo zombies. Mm-hmm. The, uh, th- those would be more like thralls. The uh, the the undead servant who does nothing but is basically a beast of burden in human form. When you have that confidant, that only person in your life that is that helpful, I felt like, oh, I get why he would, when he's finally given something that he can see someone else he loves making more use of, which is how he contextualizes it, to gift that is a like pretty powerful and significant gift. And I, I it made sense to me. Okay. Because um, he even asks if, you know... Sador can come with him to Thingol's kingdom. And she's like, nope. Because again, I think she kind of hates him. I don't think she hates her son. I just think she's like, she she somehow is always standing in the way of things that would make him actually happy. Right. Uh, which, again, not, not to say that those are what are best for him, but right. it doesn't seem hard to be like, oh, you guys are riding on horseback? Yeah, take the cripple. He's not good to us here. He's just going to become a, a thrill if he's not just murdered. Mm-hmm. So, or she isn't she also the one that's like, fuck that cripple he he did it to himself either he i think she even says that at one point that i'm not remembering someone but. says that like when when he gives away the knife um that's I, okay okay yeah yeah that one would, of his would have been her one of his parents says like i don't have any pity for sador his uh crippledness is of his own doing because of his own idiocy or something like yes, that yes yeah okay you're right and i think it was her because the dad was fine with him giving away the knife and i don't think right. he'd been fine with that if he didn't like sador Exactly. So she's a very odd character. Like, I'm not really interested in jumping on the Tolkien doesn't like women bandwagon, but sh- man, there's a lot of passive aggression here. <laughs> Fair. I saw this amazing TikTok that was like, hey, watch the only time a character in Lord or two women in Lord of the Rings speak to each other in the entire trilogy. And it's just this moment where I think it's when they're prepping either Helm's Deep or they're prepping Gondor. Mm-hmm. And there's like, it's a woman talking to a small child woman, like girl and says something like the girl says something about like, where are they going? And the, and the other lady says, hush now, eat your bread or something like that. And it's like, that's like pretty much it. <laughs> it's, it's just like the least, you know, insightful, uh, so like story relevant conversation you sure. could have. It's just sure. background noise. Anyway. <laughs> Great. It's fascinating. Definitely does not pass Bechdel. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's where we are there. You have, you have any more notes? Nope. No more notes. Okay. Well, um, I think it got better. I know that the beginning was a slog and I hope you can go get that copy. If so, you can have the, the appendix. Cause mm-hmm. it helped, it helped me. Yep. But I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of hopeful for this next section, chapter. So next time we'll read chapters five through eight. Do not read chapter nine. Okay. And uh, that's where we should be next time. And again, I'm hoping that it'll actually be a, a smoother and easier to get through read. Is there nothing else you want to add? Um. You I feel like you have like a knowing look so. Like a new word alert? Oh, yeah. I actually do have some new words. I have some new words, too. Well, how about we start with me? A new word alert. Ah! 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 
You ready for this? Bring it. Sanguine. Ah, uh, blood. Sanguine. It's, it's blood. It no. Means to, it means to be... Oh, it's not blood? Oh, blood red. Sanguine comes from consisting or of relating to blood, but that is not, I think, how that was used here, because the first entry that comes up is not blood. Okay. You ready for this? Sure. Ready to nab your socks, knock the fuck off? Maybe. Marked by eager hopefulness, confidently optimistic. Oh, wow. Dumb. Okay. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not dumb, but I was I was I was keeping that to myself when you came when you brought it up hey, earlier. I was like, "Really mm-hmm. really great job. That was a nice uh bear that was that was a nice long con or burying the lead, whatever you want to say. Like that paid off. Good job. Thank you. But yes, a lot of this is red complexion and shit and of deriving from blood, but for some reason also confidently optimistic. Well, I, I did I didn't even bother looking it up because I'm so familiar with that other definition. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh just Just it was whole... something about the context. I'm like, why the fuck would they say that here? I gotta look this up. Oh, and interesting. Like, oh. Well, you're smarter than I was. No. Because I very much was gonna dismiss I mean, it yeah. as just being blood. <laughs> Okay, that's um, it. That's my that's my that's one, one word. Okay, I've got I've got three more. I'm fairly confident that I missed others that I should have written down, but I've Probably. got three. Like angle flock la la. No, I know what all those mean. Okay, yeah, you all got right, here we go. appendix. <laughs> yeah, I can just look. It's right there. Slake, slake, slake. Um, to satisfy, as in it slaked our thirst from Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean. Yeah, subside or abate. Exactly. Hmm. Okay. All right, uh, next. Garth. Uh, with me as always is Garth. Yeah, that's the word. Party on, Wayne. Party on, Garth. Okay. Uh, what is Garth? A Garth. Only one definition, so I did not... Uh, no, no Garth way to confuse Algar. this one. <laughs> Take your Ritalin. Please, please stop <laughs> it's, me. It's, it will, I'm about it will to. continue all day. It's a noun that means a small yard or enclosure. Huh. Go play in the Garth, child. Yeah, so like they would describe Morwin's Garth, like like <laughs> we've all described Morwin's Garth. Okay, you know what I'm saying? okay, like 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 her, to, her to... enclosure. Okay, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, I'm not. I don't know what's happening. I think the I think the mate is finally kicking in. They're finally I, I, uh... kicking in. That's what it is. <laughs> the oh. um. There's descriptions of Turin playing in the Garth, like or, or being in the Garth, and Morwen having to hide him from view of the Easterlings and things like that. Um, lastly, imprecation. Oh shit! I even think we may have done this one before. Oh really? And I don't remember. Like, isn't it? Is it an insult? Sort of. Uh, an imprecation is the act of like cursing. It's a curse. Okay. Okay. It's, it's, okay. It's. Okay, I think so it, I, honestly, it, I think I was getting it mixed up with invective. No, or maybe, but Sorry. but no, I'm saying what for how I got there. Um, right, but go ahead. No, it, it's when Morgoth curses Hurin and he, he describes that kind of curse. I thought like, you meant okay. I thought you meant like ah, damn it. But no, you no, mean it's like, it's it's that thing that Brits like to do when they write, where they use one word and then the next sentence they'll refer to the to the thing that's already been described and done, but they'll use a different word that's the same fucking word. And it's like, okay, I get it. They invented the language, man. It's you fine. Can't, you can't knock them for that. It's fine. <laughs> well, anyway, so next time, read through chapter eight. It's roughly the same. It, it should be roughly the same amount of pages, and it will hopefully be a lot easier to read than this last section. Uh, I'm still hopeful. Same amount of pages, including the introduction? It's actually technically more pages than we had before, okay. but it's roughly okay. the same. I will practice my anime voices. I think it will be easier. I really I, I, do. I think I, I I agree. I do agree. We're, we're go get out that of appendix. The, this the scholarly analysis of this and just we're, into it. We're so. out of the Mirkwood. <laughs> you delved too deep. What did I awaken in the, in the <laughs> darkness of the mines? The air um, doesn't smell so foul. All right. Well, anyway, uh, we uh, it's it's fine. Um, and uh, all right, I, I'm done. Are you done? I'm done. Okay. Well, I'm Doug. I'm Rob. I, that was Death. Sorry, that was <laughs> Death like, Readers. What's happening? <laughs> that was Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thank you.
If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. These reviews help new listeners find us and join the discussion. Follow us on Twitter and like our new Facebook page for Death Readers News. Become a patron at Patreon slash Death Readers. And please discuss us extensively on Reddit. Can you turn yourself back to color? <laughs> Sorry. Yes. It's, it's just a little unnerving. There you go. I Look, I'm, I'm in my heart a noir detective, but if you can't handle it, I understand. No, the, the, the Beanie Baby hammock really sells noir detective. <laughs> <laughs> it was a cold night. <laughs> and you the kind of legs I like, full of beans. <laughs> And I couldn't tell which bear was following me down that alley. Was it the Princess Diana bear? <laughs> was it some sort of other black bear? I don't know the names of the Beanie Babies well enough. Anyway, all right. The Princess Diana bear was a good pull. Or at least coherence. Yeah. Somehow we made it through. <coughs> Excuse me. Make sure you cut that out. Oh, I, you, you're doing your little. Your little it's fun. my bit. Yeah. <laughs>